Amen. You can have a seat. Please be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. It's been good. Um, we're going to be showing a video in just a second. But before we do that, I just want to do something really special. Could we have the mothers, if you've been in a motherly role or you have given birth yourself, could you please stand to your feet? You know who you are. Don't be shy. Can we give them a hand today? Thank you for your sacrifices. Thank you for standing in there. Thank you so much for lifting us up when our arms were weak. We say thank you. Thank you for crying. We know it wasn't easy. But we say thank you for holding up the fort when there were others who couldn't do it. You did it. So we say thank you. Grandma, thank you for standing in there. We know we found this sometimes, but we also say thank you. Thank you. God bless your heart. It's golden. It's golden. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes it's hard for us to receive because we're so often giving. But I want you to receive that thank you. Those applauses were saying, thank you. We know you're not perfect, but that's not what we're looking for. Your love is good enough. And every time you held us, your love made us stronger. And it allowed us to go through the trials of our life. That's what it allowed us to do. To go through the trials of our lives and saying, somebody's got my back. And today, maybe your mom is not here. But you can remember her. And you can remember those moments when she held you, when she backed you. And maybe you didn't have a great relationship with mom. Let's be real. Everybody doesn't have great relationships with mom. Right? Or never even met your mom. But God is faithful and he puts us in families. And he allows others to mother us. Amen? Amen. So, and so today we're going to be celebrating motherhood. And that includes everyone, believe it or not. Sometimes we think that kind of message excludes us, you know, because we're male or because we're younger or because of, you know, we've never actually born a child ourselves. But motherhood actually includes you as well. You are a part of that picture. So today, we're going to be taking a journey together. And so I want you to turn with me to Exodus chapter 2, verse starting at verse, well actually, Exodus chapter 2. Let's start there. We'll start at verse 1. When you have it, say, I got it. If you still turn the pages, say, hold it. Hold it. Okay, I hear a couple hold it. Exodus is all the way in the beginning, Old Testament. And we're looking at chapter 2. We're starting at verse 1. Okay, here begins the reading of God's word. Now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. Now I'm going to stop there for a quick second. As I actually read that, 
what it actually reminded me of was a story in Genesis where you actually had the first family coming into being. And so here you have Adam, and he's basically there, and God puts him to sleep. And what God did was he pulled from Adam's side a rib, and he created and fashioned a woman. And her name was? Eve. Yes. And so when Adam saw her, he said, this is none other than the bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. That was the most romantic words he could have spoken, huh? And she should be called woman. I call it woman. I think that's really how he said it, you know, in the Garden of Eden. You know, he'd never seen her so beautiful before. And so he said, woman, because she was taken out of man. Tell somebody, there goes the first family. There goes the first family. But for me, it wasn't just the first family that got my attention. I had to hit the rewind button a little bit more. And so when you go back a little further, I began to ask myself, why was it that Eve was so important? What is the significance of this woman coming into being? And that answers my question of why is motherhood so important? And remember I said, you are a part of the big picture. So I went back and I said, okay, so let's take a look at Eve. I said, what happened if Eve never came into existence? What would happen without a world, with a world without mothers? Hmm. Some people would say, ah, oh, pass it would be chaotic. Some would say, Pastor, the laundry just won't get done. Others would say, man, I don't know how I will be able to create my schedule and stick to it. But the response to that is even more significant. If Eve, first of all, when God actually found Adam, right before he put Adam to sleep and created Eve from the rib that he took from his side, he said these words, it is not good for man to be a Without mom, it would have been lonely. Amen. Adam was standing alone. He had work and he had his God. But there was a void still in him. And that was for company. He wanted to see himself, but in female form, just like all the other animals did. And so without Eve coming into the picture, you and I would not have come into existence. That is the power of motherhood. Uh-oh. Daddy, that doesn't eliminate you. But that just means that we have to come together to make it happen. God used Adam to bring life to a woman. But God used woman to give birth to a world. Hey, hey, guys, I don't think they got that. We are life givers. We birth things into being. 
that's what God has created us to be. We are incubators. We hold the life. We preserve it in our bodies. We go through the metamorphosis that's needed. Daddy watches while mommy goes through changes. And so in many of our lives, we go through changes. But the one thing that we can say about mom is that she's irreplaceable. Whether she's present or absent, that does not negate her purpose. She was the one who God used to bring us into being. She was the life giver. She was the incubator that God used. And so today, let's not take that part for granted. Even though there might be things that we might not necessarily like, or things that we say we would change, and mom, please don't ask us, what would you do differently if you were a mom? Don't set yourself up. Because you might not like the answer, but that does not negate the fact that we love you nevertheless. Because as human beings, we make mistakes. It's inevitable as a mom. You're going to mess up. But guess what? The good thing is, you can get back on the bike and keep on riding. Being a mom, no one can replace you. And so, if you continue reading, in this particular story, it gets better because right now, it's getting ready to get real dangerous. So let's keep on reading. And it says, when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him, talking about Moses, for three whole months. Somebody shout protector. Protector. A mother is one who will protect what God has given to her at any cost. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed a child in it and put it along the reeds, along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. One of the things that I recognize about moms is that they would sacrifice having you close if it means saving your life. That's how much or how deep her love is for her child. And so here you have Moses' mom and she said, I'm going to hide him because at that time um, Pharaoh was actually killing all the children in Egypt. All the Israelite children were being killed. And Moses was one of them that was about to be killed. But God saw it fit that he would be the one that he would save and he would use at a later date. And so here you have Moses in a little old basket on a river. 
and he's floating back and forth within the reeds. And then all of a sudden, there comes another woman who comes into the picture. Now at this point, Moses' mom didn't know what was going to happen to Moses. This is a very dangerous place. He could have gotten killed by anything at all. It could be animals. It could have been the weather. Anything could have happened. But she trusted her God. Hallelujah. And there are times when we have our children or our nieces or our nephews and we don't know what to do next. But we say, God, I'm going to trust you with the next phase of their life. And so as a parent, the very thing that's very difficult was the very thing that she had to do, which was to let him go. One of the hardest things for a mother to do. Her heart, she was putting on that river. And she was sending it, not knowing where he would go. Not knowing who would take care of him. Not knowing what the dangers would be. Not knowing if she'll see him again. But then she looked up and she said, most likely, I'm assuming, doesn't say it in the story, but I could only imagine her saying, God, you gave him to me and I'll trust you with his life. Amen. And she let him go on that river. But then the story continues and his sister Miriam is watching from afar. She knows her brother is in the basket, but also she knows that Pharaoh's daughter comes to this place to bathe. And so here it says, then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe and her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket along the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. That could have been the point of his death and the end of his destiny. But God was so faithful that even though he was a Hebrew child, she saw an opportunity to become a mother. Come on now. You might not necessarily be the one to bear the children that God might bring along your way. You might not be the incubator, but God will use you to be the protector. Her father was the one who was killing. Her father was the one who was bringing destruction. But here God was using her to save a life and to deliver a nation. That she herself, her father, her bloodline was reckoning against, fighting against, warring against, trying to eliminate. But yet God used the opponent to become the one who will war for him. For his soul. For his education. For his livelihood. For his destiny. A Hebrew boy on an Egyptian roof. Only God can do that. In our world, so many count us out. 
when we are considered orphans. When our mom hands us over to auntie or to grandma because she can't protect us any longer. She can't provide for us any longer. Because life deals her a bad hand or she makes the wrong decisions. Let's keep it real. But God is still in control. He does not leave us comfortless. But he will give us what we need in the midst of the difficulty. In the midst of the confusion. In the midst of bloodshed. In the midst of the statistics. Some will say, you know what? He won't grow up to be anything. He's going to be just like them. Because look at where he came from. Look at where she came from. But the past doesn't dictate your future. God does. And God had a hand in this. Sometimes we might not understand how God is going to work in our children's lives. But just know that when you let them go and you give them over to him, he will lead them. He will guide them. He will create that path that will cause them to continue to serve him, to get to know him. He would lead them to him. And that's what God did with Moses. God led him to himself. So let's keep on reading. He was crying and she felt sorry for him. She couldn't, from what we understand, the text or commentary says that this woman couldn't bear children. So when she saw Moses and took him onto herself, this was her opportunity to become a mother. But she didn't take him as a child. See? What she did was, because she knew she didn't know how to take care of him. She couldn't feed him. She didn't have the provision within her body to provide for him because she was never impregnated with him. So now she says, I need somebody to suckle him. Oh boy. And here goes Miriam. I call her the nosy one. Okay, what's she going to do with him now? Oh, 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 oh. Okay, okay, okay. I think this is my opportunity. Here we go. I know somebody. Here comes Miriam, right? Shall I go and, and, and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? She didn't say I know who he is. See, sometimes you just got to keep your mouth shut. Yeah. You don't got to tell all the business. Oh, boy. Sometimes I want to tell. You know who he is? No, no, no. Shh. God is in this. You just watch. You let God use you. And so she said, listen, I will go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse him for you. If this is what you want. And of course, her heart has already become flesh. God has softened her heart. So she says, yes, go. Go and get a woman. So that he can be nursed. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. Somebody say destiny. destiny. She let him go. And he came back. 
Isn't that like God? Just when you think you're losing him because you're doing what, what, what you felt in your heart to do, all of a sudden God turns the story around and says, I'm giving him back to you. Oh, yes, God. Yes, God. The very thing that you thought, I, 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 Lord, I, 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 it's over. And God says, no, 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 no. It's a resurrection. Yeah. It's a resurrection. Yeah. But we have to see the perspective, God's perspective in the story. Yeah. Sometimes things look like it's the end for us. And God says, no, it's only the beginning. Yeah. And so she took this child, which was hers anyway. She held him and she nursed him, not for a day, not for a week. God gave her many years with him. The word says, so the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this baby and nurse him for me and I will pay you. Hey, 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 hey. That's my God. He will pay you for the very thing that you were born to do. He's mine. But I'm not going to tell you that. You can pay me to nurse my baby. Hallelujah. I don't know what dream you have. And somebody's paying you for the thing that you dream to do. Hey, there's a baby. And God's going to pay you to do the thing that you love. It might not be a physical baby. But guess what? The way that my God works, when you say, God, I'm not, I don't know if this dream going to work. Here comes God. I'll pay you to do it. Oh, somebody. Come on. Somebody is standing there for even that one. Hallelujah. Hey. I put writing in you. I put a school in you. I put a business in you. And I'm going to have somebody pay you. Because you did to give that dream back up to me. You did to release it to me. You did to hand it over and say, God, God, I'll do this side job, Lord, if that's what you want me to do. God, I'll go to school if you want me to. God, whatever it is. But you know my heart's desire. Oh, glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. And he'll let him pay you for what you've been destined to do. Hallelujah. Woo! All right, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for the payout, God. Hallelujah. Can we just thank you for the payout in advance? Oh, glory. Thank you for the payout, Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, for the business owners, God. We thank you for those people that you would send our way to fund the vision. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, he'll send foreigners. Hallelujah. To work in your vineyard. To take care of your children. Oh, glory. Jesus. They're going to teach them the way. They will teach them how to go about doing business in the real world. Oh, he would. Listen, let me tell you something about God. 
Oh, she didn't realize it. She became his mentor for greatness. Without him, he would never know what it would be like to be a ruler. Moses would have never known how it was to govern people. But guess what? God had another plan. God was going to use him to lead the people of Israel, a whole nation of people. But he had to learn. He had to be taught. Hallelujah. And God used Pharaoh's daughter to be a, she was, she was the incubator for his education so that he could understand what it is like to rule and to reign and to govern. She taught him how to write so we could have these Old Testament books today. (laughs) Come on. God will use the ungodly. Don't you dare underestimate him. He created us all. A Hebrew baby. In an Egyptian household. Oh glory. God will walk into your house. And you sometimes you don't even recognize it. God will walk oh God. Right into the, the business place. Where all they have their gods. And all kinds of other gods. And God will say. But I am the God. I am that I am. And with Moses, he saw their gods. He knew what their gods were. But you know what? While mama was suckling him, mama was teaching him about her God, which was the God. And let me tell you something. A woman who fears the Lord is worthy to be. She's to be praised. She should be praised because she showed Moses the way as a young child. That's why his heart beat so strong for the Hebrew, the Hebrew people. It was a part of his destiny. It was a part of who he was. It was his roots. They said you could take the the man out of the ghetto, but you can't take the ghetto out of the man. (laughs) That's the truth. And so what was happening is, with Moses, God began to stir him as he got older. But the thing was, Moses had an issue with anger. He had an anger issue. And so here he was. And see, Moses was a man of justice. And as he was out there, as he got older... And he, you know, he became one of the the guardians, you know, to guard the Hebrews, you know. But the thing was, he was looking like an Egyptian. But in his heart, he was really a Hebrew boy. Right? So here he is, and he saw the other Egyptian who was beating the Hebrew and the Israelite unjustly. And the more he beat him, the angrier Moses got. The more he mistreated him, the more angry Moses got. Until he couldn't take it anymore and his anger came over him. And he took the Egyptian and he killed him. And buried his body. First of all, it says he looked to the right and he looked to the left. To make sure nobody was looking. He said, I'm going to get your tail. 
I'm going to show you how that feels. And he took it into his hands. Because guess what? At that point in time, Moses did not know. He didn't know Yahweh. He didn't know him personally. Mama could tell you all she want about God. But until you experience him personally, it's a different encounter. And so here he was. And he thought he covered his tracks. Put him in the ground. Buried him in sand. He said, I'm good. I told him what he, I told him not to mess with my people. Right? But the thing about it is, people were watching. And so, the word of God says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. Moses was on a journey with God. The next day, the scripture continues. And it says he saw the Hebrew guys fighting against each other. They were fighting. This time it wasn't an Egyptian against an Israelite. It was an Israelite against his own brother. Who does that sound like today? Uh. Who are you talking to? Oh, really? Uh-uh. Not, no, I don't think so. And we tell them where to go, how to get there, when to get there. Right? And we tell them who they not. You blankety blank, 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 blank. We tell them off. We ride them off. See, we might not kill each other physically, but we kill each other with our words. Amen. You don't need to be dead in order to be physically dead. I could kill your spirit by telling you what you're not. I could rip you down and tear you to shreds just with my words. I can make you feel like nothing like that. Because that's the power that's in our tongues. Life and death. Same muscle. Life and death. But on this playground, it was his own. So this time, he can cover him with sand. He had to confront them. He said, what y'all doing? Why are you fighting against each other? You're on the same team. Same nation. What is the problem? One of them turned around and said, who are you telling? I just saw you kill an Egyptian the other day. He said, what? <laughs> in other words he said to him you hypocrite I saw what you did don't tell me how to manage my affairs cause you did injustice 
when you had the opportunity to mend it. And so vengeance became Moses' at that time. And so that's what they were doing with each other. They were just mimicking what they saw. But God, Moses got scared. He said, let me get up out of here. Because at this point, my identity is about to be revealed. That's what he said. And so he thought everybody had already known. But you see, God has a way of letting us be tricked so we could get out of danger on time. Right? So in his mind, everybody knew. Everybody didn't know at that time. Everybody didn't know. It was just those who were having a conversation. But you know, words also travel like wildfire. Did you, girl, did you know? I can't believe. Yeah, child, he don't kill. Before you know it, everybody know, right? Woo! Oh, yeah. Hot headline. Egyptian kills Israelites. And Moses ran for his life. And he thought he was running away from something only to realize he was running into destiny with God. He was stripped of all the falsehood. The false identity. He wasn't really an Egyptian. But this was the opportunity for him to take off the facade and really look at himself for who he was. And that was the experience he had with God in the desert. Sometimes our children need a desert experience so they can encounter God. Our job as parents is to pray that as they're in that desert with Jesus, that they would see his face to face, that they'll be totally transformed. And that whoever it is that they've been called to deliver, that they will be the deliverer for that person or that people or that nation or that community. There was a deliverer in Moses that needed to be unlocked, but only God could unlock that deliverer in him. And today you're sitting here and you might be on the run like Moses. And you did stuff and you, you feel like your past is just following you. And you're trying to get away from it. But I have something to tell you. God is a healer. Yeah. He would reconcile everything that's inside of you. He would reconcile you with himself. And then what he will do is he will give you purpose yeah. and destiny yeah. so that you can fulfill it. But you have to allow yourself to submit to whatever it is that God has for you. Sometimes, you see, with Moses, he was curious, wasn't he? He, he just didn't have anger issues. He also was a curious man because he was an intelligent man. So he was very analytical, like many of us. So God said, I'm going to reveal myself to him. Fire in the desert. But it's not consuming the tree. Wait, wait, hold on. What am I seeing with my eyes? Get a little closer. It's strange. It's supposed to burn up. 
Remember, Moses was a trained warrior. He understood certain scientific things, right? So, supposed to burn up, but it's not burning up. Something's wrong. Moses! What? Hold on. It, Moses! Whoa, whoa, hold on now. Talking trees, we don't do. You know what I'm saying? Like, I understand that I killed a man, but talking trees is crazy. And I know I'm not out my mind. I know I'm not seeing things. But sometimes God does strange things to get our attention. And the thing about it is none of his mamas was there to guide him. It was just him and his God. And God was getting ready to reveal himself to Moses in such a way that he would never forget. This was just the beginning of him becoming that, that, that priest-like person. And so here he is. And he gets closer. Moses! The place where you're standing is holy ground. Take off your shoes. You know what that was? His pastors left him. Take off your shoes. I've come to capture you. Take off your shoes. You're a part of my story. Take off your shoes. I know it's been rough, but take off your shoes. Come rest with me. That's what God was saying to Moses. Come rest. Peace. Be still. I've come to redeem you. I've come to redeem the time that was taken from you. I've come to remind you of who I've called you to be. Take off your shoes. For the place where you're standing is holy ground. It's a transformational place. I'm getting ready to circumcise some things off of you. I'm getting ready to do some things that you've never seen before. But I'm going to need you to trust me, Moses. I'm getting ready to take you back to the same place you ran from. Just like God. He delivers you from something that he says, now go back to a people that look just like you. That talked just like you. Oh, yeah, they had the same issues just like you. I complain in people. That's who God sent him to. A people whose cries had hit the ears of God because of their situation. They cried out so long and so hard that it got God's attention because the oppression was so great. I don't know about you, but if you find yourself in an oppressive situation, keep praying. Keep pushing. God hears your prayers. Don't stop praying. He's going to send a Moses. Moses was here. And God was transforming him. And God was talking to him. But the people didn't people didn't know what was happening with Moses they just knew that the oppression was great but God says but I have a covenant 
with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Three generations. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Right. Hold on one second. Great grandma, uh -huh. grandma, and mommy. Three generations. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Wait, 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 wait. I can't ignore the covenant that I made with them. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. When God makes a covenant with you regarding your children or the ones that he has put under your protection, know that he will bring it to pass. It may not happen the first year. It may not happen the second year. But it will come to pass. Because God is not a man that he should lie. Or the son of man that he should repent. If he says it, so shall it be. If God made a covenant to you. If God promised you a dream. If God promised you that he was going to give you something, you wrestle with that thing in prayer until it manifests, until it comes to pass. Don't let it just go without being recognized. Don't let it go until you feel the peace of God inside of you say, now let me have it. Let me have it. And so today, I don't know about you, but sometimes letting go is hard. And I'm going to tell you something. There were two other points on my paper, but this is my closing. God is dealing with trust this morning. Dreams, visions, covenant. Dreams, vision, covenant. Three things, three generations. Some of you, you need to go back before God and say, Lord, what is it that you have promised my bloodline to do? Three generations. Not only curses, curses, it's not only curses that flow through generational lines, but also blessings. And sometimes we forget that. Forget that. When I look at myself and people talk about the dance, I can literally backtrack it to my great grandmother who wasn't saved, but it's a gift that was in my bloodline. And it was passed down to me through generations. My mom thought my brothers would be the preacher in the family. God shocked her and says, it's your other little girl. That's how God works. She served many pastors. Every time I turn around, she ends up helping the pastor everywhere she goes. She's called. 
she was called and it's in the bloodline God is calling you today for you you might have dreams and visions that you haven't seen yet and God is saying let me have it let me transform you or for the mothers it could be the children where God says let me have her let me have him you've done your part but you can't protect any longer you've done your part but now it's time to let them go and you've been struggling with that letting go and I ask you to stand this morning for some of you you're, you're starting new and it's scary it's real scary. You're like, Lord, I don't even know what next year is going to bring. But God is saying, let me have your future. I'll guide you. Let it go. Those are the ones I'm asking to stand. I'm going to ask you to take one more act of faith and I'm going to ask you to meet me at the altar. God is here. He's here to meet you. He's here to meet me. He's here to meet us. Don't let go of hope. Don't let go of your dream. Keep it alive. Give it to God. Hallelujah, Lord God. Father, we bless you and we thank you this morning. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your courage. We thank you for your grace that continues to abound, oh God, towards us. Father, we recognize that we cannot wrestle any longer with these things, Lord God. With these dreams and, and, and these, these, these young people, Lord God, that you have given to us, oh God. We don't want to wrestle with you any longer, Lord. But our desire is to let them go. So this morning, we offer them up to you. We raise our hand and surrender, God. We know that you are the author and the finisher of our faith. We know, Lord God, that you are the one of the impossible. When we think that this can't happen, there you go showing up on the scene again. So God, we are asking you this morning to take the dreams plans are ours, but the results are yours. Take the dreams. Take the plans. Take the lives. Take our lineage. And do what you do best. Bring it to pass. 
let the blessings flow down God whatever it is that may be blocking the flow Lord Jesus this morning we pray for a breakthrough Lord God we pray for a breaking oh God through generational lines this morning in the name of Jesus that the blessings oh God Father would flow from great grandma Lord God to grandma to mom let it flow God, we are your part. We, you are the part of we are the clay. Mold us, God. Shape us, God. Strengthen the insides of us, Lord. You said that when we're weak, you're strong. So we ask for your strength. We ask for renewed vision. We're asking, oh God, that you would just continue, Lord God, to uphold us this morning. So that wherever you send us, we will go. Whatever you're asking us to do, we will do. We thank you today, Lord, for those that you're going to send to be our mentors. We thank you for those, oh God, who you're going to link us up with, Lord God, that we can draw strength from and draw encouragement from, Lord God, that we can create community with so that our dreams continue to foster so they can develop, Lord God, in a healthy way. And that they can go forth. So we thank you. We thank you and we bless you, God. We bless you, God.